0: Well, good morning, Chapel Roswell. Let me add my welcome to Andreas from earlier. I'm Kristen Hyden, one of the pastors here, and we're so glad that you are joining us for worship this morning. And hallelujah, how beautiful are your voices lifted together, praising God. Thank you for that. Well, this morning we are in our third week of our Peace Out series as we are learning what it means to find Sabbath rest. To find that time where God gives us a place and a space to breathe and to enjoy God's presence. Now the first week we talked about the who and the when, right? Who created Sabbath? God. And when did it happen in the beginning, in creation, on that last day of creation, when God was able to sit back and look the, at all that God had created and say, whoa, that's good. And then, last week, we talked about the why. Why is it important to find Sabbath rest? And we talked about what it means to find the balance in our lives between creating and Sabbath between doing and being, between inhaling and exhaling. And so this morning we move to the next two questions, the how and the what. How in the world am I supposed to find time in my busy schedule to rest? And if I were to find that time, what would I do? I mean, what exactly is Sabbath rest? What am I supposed to do, and what am I supposed to not do? Well, the ancient rabbinical teachers, they knew that the people needed a little bit more formation, a little bit more detailed understanding of Sabbath, and so they, they com- compiled all of the Shabbat laws, the laws that surrounded what it was to be in Sabbath, to remember the Sabbath. And as time has gone on, the the rabbis have adapted these laws for our current times. And if you were to read some of them today, you would find things like writing, erasing, tearing, business transactions, driving or riding in vehicles, shopping, using the telephone, turning on or off anything which uses electricity. There's no cooking, no baking, no kindling the fire, no gardening, no grass mowing, and no doing laundry just to name a few. All right, now, there are some workarounds to these, like you can use automatic timers, as long as you set them before Sabbath, and you can use the refrigerator, but only if you take the light bulb out so that it is not lit. So if we're just reading or or hearing some of these laws, we might initially scoff, right? Seems a little silly, a little arbitrary, Why not do those things? What about those things prevent me from having Sabbath? But I hope that we will remember that many of the Jewish faith take these laws very seriously, right? And as a result, they have a very uh, strict but yet very profound practice of keeping Sabbath, and that is to be respected, right, and honored. But For those of us as Christians, for those who believe that Jesus came to save us, to save the world, and to not only just abolish the laws, but to truly fulfill them, to breathe life into them, to make something new, then these laws feel just a little, something's wrong with them, right? At least that's how it feels to me as I begin to interpret Sabbath rest as a Christian. I mean, if God has gifted us with this day or this moment or this experience of rest, of refreshment, of exhaling... Then, why does it need to have all these rules and these laws that make it just one more day of trying to live up to something that I know I'm never going to and then inevitably falling into the guilt and the shame that I just can't do it right? In my experience and in my understanding of God, when we get heavy with the do nots and lose our permission to do, we lose a little bit of this life that God has blessed us with, this abundant life that God promises us. When our list of no's gets longer than our list of yes's, I'm afraid God gets a little bit smaller and we get a little bit bigger. I mean, yes, after all, we want to honor God and to live into this call, this commandment, one of the 10 commandments to remember the Sabbath and to keep it holy. But what about when the rules get in the way of us experiencing God? I mean, let's say, for instance, that you are a gardener and you love to just get your hands dirty, digging into the soil, and in that moment you are connected with God, connected with our Creator. Then these laws prohibit you from that connection. Let's say you love to journal, and so you like to write down everything that's going on in your life, or or you're an artist, and so you express your thoughts and your emotions and your faith through the work of your hands. Then these laws that that prohibit writing and tearing and erasing, they get in the way of not just your inhale of doing, but your exhale of expressing. This list of examples I could go on and on as we try and figure out what Sabbath could or should be. Is it really about following a list of rules and laws? Or is there something more? Well, fortunately for us, we have Jesus, right? And just as he did with all things, Jesus turns our understanding of Sabbath upside down and puts it on its head. Jesus came to make the old new again. And Jesus understood that this blessing, this gift, this joy of the Sabbath was something to be lived into and not taken for granted. He knew its importance, and yet the world that he entered in had lost that. Instead of being a day to exhale and be refreshed by God, it had become another day to worry about following the rules. And so among the long list of things that Jesus did to upset the religious elite, you can add his understanding of Sabbath to that list. Because there are stories throughout the Gospels, those four books in the New Testament that tell us stories about Jesus. There are stories throughout of Jesus breaking the rules on the Sabbath. This morning, I want to read you one of them. It comes from Luke's gospel in the sixth chapter. You'll see it up on the screens. On another Sabbath, Jesus entered a synagogue to teach. A man was there whose right hand was withered. The legal experts and the Pharisees were watching him closely to see if he would heal on the Sabbath. They were looking for a reason to bring charges against him. Jesus knew their thoughts, so he said to the man with the withered hand, get up and stand in front of everyone. He got up and stood there. Jesus said to the legal experts and the Pharisees, here's a question for you. Is it legal on the Sabbath to do good or to do evil, to save life or to destroy it? Looking around at them all, he said to the man, stretch out your hand. So he did this, and his hand was made healthy. They were furious and began talking with each other about what to do to Jesus. It's an interesting question that Jesus asks, isn't it? Is it legal on the Sabbath to do good or to do evil? To save a life or to destroy it? See, Jesus knew the rules. He knew the laws. He knew what was legal on the Sabbath. He was not supposed to to heal or treat any kind of illness or disability or deformity unless it was life-threatening. That was the one caveat for working on the Sabbath. And so in the eyes of the Pharisees, the rules were simple— You just don't do it. But this man that Jesus calls out, he has a a withered hand. And for the Pharisees, that is not life-threatening. For us, we would see that on the surface, no, it's not life-threatening. But did you see how Luke tells us it was his right hand? This is important because in those days, the right hand was used for all business transactions, all kind of gesturing, all kind of greeting, while the left hand was used for personal hygiene. So for the man to have a withered right hand meant everything he did he had to do with his left hand. So not only did he have this disability, but he had the shame of using his left hand, coupled with it. So what does Jesus do? He heals him, right? And the Pharisees, they are enraged. Not just because Jesus breaks the law on the Sabbath, but because Jesus has the gall to call them out in the synagogue. Whereas they were trying to catch him, Jesus inevitably Catches them. Is it legal to do good or do evil? To save life or to destroy it? In their eyes, the the withered hand had nothing to do with saving life. But Jesus knew that this simple healing would restore this man's life And Jesus could not let that opportunity be passed by. Now, as I said, there are other stories of Jesus breaking the law on the Sabbath. In Luke 13, for instance, there's a woman who's disabled by a spirit, and she comes to the synagogue to be healed. And the priest, the priest, looks at her and says, Woman, there are six days during which You can come and be healed. Today is the Sabbath. Come back on one of those other days. (laughs) Really? (laughs) Jesus thinks the same thing. He's like, hold up. He calls out to them, you hypocrites. Shouldn't this woman be set free from her bondage on the Sabbath day? Shouldn't we all be set free from our bondage, especially on the Sabbath? And so over and over, Jesus reinterprets for us what it means to remember the Sabbath day and to keep it holy. No more is it meant to be another day governed by rules and laws, but a day lifted up to truly remember the love of God and to express that love to all people. Instead of defining the Sabbath by what you shouldn't do, Jesus turns it around positively and tells us what we must do. In one of the other Sabbath stories in Mark's gospel, Jesus is quoted saying, The Sabbath was made for humans, not humans for the Sabbath. Do you hear what he's trying to say there? God didn't come up with this idea of of Sabbath and think, oh, this will be really cool for creation. I think they'll love it. No, if we look at the story of creation, right, we were created first. First. And then as God entered into relationship with us, as God began to learn who we were and how we function, God discerned our need for a day to stop and rest and remember. Remember God's love. To remember who we are and to remember how God has called us to live. And to, to remember in this sense is not simply to just recall with our minds, but in, in theological terms, and faith terms, to remember is to re-member, right, with a hyphen to do again what we know to be true, to live it out with our bodies, to live it out with our whole selves. And so Sabbath then is to remember God's love, the love that God had for us in creation, the love that says, whoa, that's good, to remember it with our bodies. To remember God's grace that calls us to stop all the doing and just be for a moment, to exhale and be refreshed by God. On the Sabbath day, we remember God's mercy that has been present throughout history. Through times of challenge, through times of heartache, through times of bad decisions, through times of pain. And on the Sabbath, we remember God's forgiveness and God's call to forgive others. On the Sabbath, we remember God's salvation that through the power of Jesus Christ we have been saved and we have been claimed as God's own on the sabbath day we remember and we remember with our whole selves So, as Jesus shows us, it's not about following a set of rules, but doing what reminds us of God's love and then expressing that love into the world. Jesus did this by by healing on the Sabbath, he did this by allowing his disciples to, to pick grain on the Sabbath, he did this by breaking open the purpose of the Sabbath. By taking what was old and making it new and restoring us to this very precious gift that is Sabbath rest. So, what would it look like for you to remember the Sabbath and to remember it with your body? For a whole day, that would be great. (laughs) But maybe just even for a few moments. Maybe it begins with turning off all the excess noise in the car on the way to work. And listening in to that still, small voice that is God speaking to you. Maybe it's going to your favorite yoga class and walking in there and allowing everything else to fade away. And the the instructor doesn't even have to say God's name because you know that with each breath and with each move, you're reconnecting with the God who first gave you breath. Maybe it's going on a hike outdoors, as you reconnect with God in what God created, and you enjoy the company of those you love with you. Maybe remembering the Sabbath is a dinner party with close friends, those friends that can speak truth into your life, who remind you who you are, who will call you out if needed, but who love you unconditionally and remind you of God's love for you. Maybe it's that cup of coffee in the morning before the rest of the house is awake. Maybe it's buying a cup of coffee for a stranger. Right, I could go on and on. I could list thousands upon thousands of things that are Sabbath because Jesus has broken it wide open for us. The Sabbath was made for us to give us a chance to remember God, not just with our heads, but with our hearts and with our bodies. What does it mean to remember God's love for us, and then to live it out. That is our Sabbath. That is our exhale. That is what allows us to say, whoa, that's good. It may not always be easy to do it. We may not always have just the perfect time to do it, but we must make it happen. Wayne Mueller in his book on Sabbath says that by remembering, we are less likely to lose our way. I don't know about you, but in this life, in this world, I need everything that can possibly help me not to lose my way. And if Sabbath will keep me there, if Sabbath will keep me grounded in God and then carry me out into the world then I have no choice but to remember the Sabbath. Will you remember the Sabbath? Let us pray together. A holy and gracious God, Lord, we give thanks for Jesus Christ, your son, our savior, who has come into this world to remind us that life is not about following rules, but that you have gifted us with life abundant and that you are in everything and in everyone And so as we seek in our lives to remember the Sabbath, may it be something that we not just do with our heads, but with our hearts and with our whole selves to remember your love, the love you have for us and the love you have for the world. And may it carry us through as we seek to return that love to you and to return that love to the world. May we remember you and remember the Sabbath, now and always. It's in Christ's name we pray, amen.